Hi, I'm Hannah. And I'm Tori. And this is Wait Why. All right, all right. Welcome back to Wait Why. We're both pretty, you know, hyper right now. I don't know if I'm actually speaking for both of us. Maybe more for me. Um, But I've been drinking some coffee and it's good. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. I think your energy is contagious. So I'm sure whatever you're feeling, I'll feel here in a minute. Good. Yay. I actually really don't know why I'm so awake because coffee actually doesn't give me that much energy. And I've had kind of a long day. But, you know, whatever. I'll take it. I'll ride the wave. Me too. Maybe you're just getting a second wind. Sometimes that happens to me at night. Yeah. No, that's so true. I feel like I am getting a second wind, especially if I have like, I know I said coffee doesn't really affect me, but I feel like if I have coffee around this time, I definitely get a longer second wind. Okay. You're like, coffee doesn't affect me, but I start to get the jitters and I get really but hyper. Like, that's and- the thing is, I don't get the jitters, but I do feel like like I can stay awake longer if I drink coffee. Like, there would be times where I'd have energy right now, but it'll fade out at like 10 o'clock. But because I had coffee, I'll probably be like solidly up till midnight. Gotcha. Yeah, coffee for me is not an energy boost. It's just a sustainment to keep right. me, like, to make me normal. It does not right. make me hyper. See, that's how I feel. Like, it doesn't give me the jitters. It doesn't make me, like, hyper, hyper. Honestly, I feel like I get more hyper from sugar because I have it Absolutely. Left. I was just about to say that. Like, if I drink a soda, I will get hyper. Yeah. Absolutely. From sugar, I will get hyper. Yeah. Definitely. I, will, I was actually, I was telling this story the other day. <laughs> My dad and I were talking about it. The first time I ever had a Mountain Dew. Or was oh. it with you, Hannah? <laughs> yeah. You've told me this. It was like crack for me. I My dad picked me up. I did like um, horseback riding lessons after school. And my dad picked me up when I was like maybe in middle school, I think. And he, I like begged him to get a Mountain Dew from the vending machine there. And I had never had it before. And I cracked it open and had like a couple sips and I was wired. My dad was like, I'm never giving this to you again. Yeah. Never never again. Never again. Uh, I was like, this is amazing. I think Mountain Dew is gross. What made you want a Mountain Dew if you had never had one before? You were just like, I want that green. My dad drank them. My dad drank Uh, them. So I was like, I want to be like you. Yeah. Gotcha. No, but now if I drink it, it tastes like straight syrup. Oh, yeah. It stuff's gross. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not a fan. Yeah, I agree. Not a fan. Anyway, enough about what we're drinking, about what's in our cups. Um, <laughs> uh, today, we're going to be talking about an episode that is probably a little close to home for us. Um, why do we people please? I think we are both victims, and I think to some extent. Everyone's a bit of a victim to people-pleasing, um, but it's one of those things where, you know, it can be a good thing, but there's the point where you take it too far. So we're going to jump into yeah. that in a little while, but first, some life updates. I actually haven't heard. How was Michigan? It was good. Actually, I was also in Ohio, Hannah. I was in your home state. What? Where in Ohio? Yes. Um, I feel like you're going to be mad at me for saying this. I was actually in Columbus. Ugh, gross. <laughs> um, we, I flew into Michigan, to Detroit. Um, my dad and sister were up there. And so we were doing like a little family trip. Um, I took a week off work and from Detroit, we went down to Columbus and we went, um, 
to this state park called Hawking Hills State Park, and it was beautiful. Mm. Uh, they had these really pretty, like, caves there. So we did a couple of hikes. Um, it was just so nice to be outside and surrounded yeah. by nature. Like, not like Florida terrain, but like actual terrain. Like, yeah. in a forest with some hills. So that was super nice. We saw a lot of waterfalls. Saw a ton of puppers. There were so many dogs on the trail. So oh, fun. Um, sounds so nice. Yes, it was super nice. And then my sister flew out earlier than I did. Um, so we dropped her off in Detroit on the way back up to Michigan. And we I went up to my grandpa's property. Well, actually, it's now my dad's property. Um, and it's in northern Michigan. And I helped him again with my grandpa's old house doing a little bit of renovations for a couple of days. And then I flew back out last night. I got in at like 1030. So. Wow. I feel like your week there went by so fast. It really did. It always goes by fast because most of the time I'm just helping do work and like those days go by so fast. There's always a point where like I want to keep going doing work, but I'm just so like physically exhausted. Right. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But having like a couple days there was the perfect amount of time. Yeah. And I know you had kind of talked about on the podcast before that you had been renovating. Um, So what's the update on that? Yes. So, um, well, for you guys who don't know, it's like this 1970s cabin in the middle of the woods on 10 acres of land. Um, Very much in the middle of nowhere. To get out to the house, you have to take a dirt road just to get out there. Um, And it's beautiful. Like, it's completely in nature. There's some dirt bike trails behind the house. And the house has not been touched since the 70s, which I think I mentioned before. Like, shag carpet and all. (laughs) Um, And it also probably has not been deep cleaned since it was built. Great. Love that. Yes. Um, So the house is much cleaner now. So I think I said before we did the flooring, but this trip up, we did the trim on the flooring, um, which just made it look way more finished and beautiful. And like, it felt like things were finally coming to completion, which was super nice. And then we started working on one of the back bedrooms. So, so far, all we've done is the living room and the kitchen, which has still been a lot of work. And then we're slowly working on the bedrooms. And then there's one bathroom. So progress. Sounds yes, like progress. progress. It does. And in, honestly, in total, we've only probably worked on the house maybe 10 days. Wow. And we've gotten so much done. Yeah. Yeah. That's so awesome. Mm-hmm. Like we've completely. Place. Yeah. Like I feel like I have a pretty hard work ethic. So I'm like totally for manual labor. <laughs> um, <laughs> Um, but yeah, we did pretty much the whole entire flooring. We've painted everything. We've done a lot with like the kitchen cabinetry, installed lighting, learned how to install some lights. That's fun. Without electrocuting myself, even though I left the breaker on one time. Nice. Okay. (laughs) Turned off the wrong breaker. Um, but yeah, no, it's been a lot of fun. I love it because I love decorating and designing. And I also love that tangible progress that you get with it. So it's been fun. So true. Yeah. And I mean, I feel like it's just good skills to know how to do a lot of the things you're doing to renovate. So it's good stuff. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Good homeowner um, skills. Honestly, yes. I'm just prepping myself for when I get my house and get my dream home. Exactly. It's going to be so beautiful. I can't wait. 
It's going to be so perfect. <sighs> me too. I think about it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so nice. Like, I already want to start buying furniture and just, like, compiling it in a storage unit or something. No, you don't. <laughs> you don't actually want to do that. <laughs> I actually would, though. I have to talk myself out of it. <laughs> Dang. Yeah. Someday. Someday. Yeah. But Tuck has been so cute ever since I came home. Aw. Like you. I said, I got in. I guess he did. I got in late last night. And he didn't even hear me come in, so he didn't bark. Like, he was completely asleep. He's a heavy sleeper. Yeah. <laughs> and I, like, had to, like, wake him up. I was like, Tuck, Tuck. And then he kind of, like, <laughs> barked and woke up. And then he, like, has not left my side since. He's been super, super cute and cuddly. That is so cute. Oh, my gosh. He's, like, an actual child. You had to wake him up. <laughs> <laughs> Once he sleeps, like, he is a heavy sleeper, man. Jeez. Yeah, he really knocks out. Mm-hmm. Oh, what a good boy. A very know, good the cutest. boy. The cutest. Um, but enough about me. Tell me your life updates. Um, not too much going on since my birthday. Um, kind of just been doing some work stuff. Um, my mom's birthday passed on Sunday. Um, so my stepdad and I went out for like kind of a nice dinner. Um, but yeah, I honestly feel like all my updates are just work related and kind of boring. Um, but I started working for, um, this, uh, project called Outlaw Ocean, um, which I'm doing like music recruitment for them. It's really interesting, the whole project. Um, but as a whole, the Outlaw Ocean project, um, like, reports about lawlessness at sea so like um, illegal fishing or um, pirating which still happens um, things like that Uh, so that's one thing I'm starting and then I also uh, just got a position as a research and copy editor for um, my alumni magazine for the Johns Hopkins um, alumni magazine congrats yeah thanks it's um it's exciting I just um, like signed on today. We haven't even had our first meeting, but yeah, that's something else that's exciting. And then I'm moving through with edits on this other piece that has been in the works for a long time and I'm finishing up with the Smithsonian. So like I said, it's all work related and not particularly exciting to talk about, but I mean, it is all exciting stuff nonetheless. Yeah. I mean, I think that's really exciting. You got a lot going on. I know. Um, excited to be wrapping up a couple projects as I like start some more and I'm starting workshop again next week and workshop is always kind of intense so yeah busy busy which is good I like to keep busy with my writing stuff otherwise you know you can yeah you can feel the drift otherwise if you know what I mean yeah oh I was gonna say the I forget what it's called you just said it the outlaw job that you oh yeah the outlaw ocean outlaw ocean um, it sounds very similar to the topics they talk about in Seaspiracy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. In, in some ways, definitely. Um, Have they addressed any of that? No, not directly. They've never mentioned, like, the documentary, like, on their website or anything. Um, it was originally a book by um, this guy, Ian Urbina, and he's the one who, like, runs the whole project now. Um, so I think a lot of it is just based off of that book and the whole project is, is kind of webbed out of that and I don't really think they like I don't think they comment on outside stuff like that much okay gotcha I'm just curious I mean yeah yeah at the oceanographic center where I'm working now we get 
questions about seaspiracy all the time. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what's actually funny is one of the things I'm finishing up is for um, a publication called Earth Island Journal. And the Earth Island Institute was one of the like, groups of people that Seaspiracy interviewed and got like some conflicting information from. So, oh, yeah, I don't remember. That is interesting. I don't remember exactly because I saw Seaspiracy a while ago, but I know that the Earth Island Institute was interviewed in it and it was like, yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know. I remember, I don't that. remember exactly. Yeah, but um, yeah, interesting intertwining of topics. That is interesting. Yeah. So, but yeah, I think Outlaw Ocean is really more of its own thing. Um, his book was a New York Times bestseller, but. Yeah, so I feel like that's really all that's been going on. Um, I will be heading to Ohio soon, which will be nice. I feel like it's been a little bit um, since I've gone up there because my family's kind of been visiting down here. Um, but, yeah, I'm very excited for, you know, a little bit of cooler weather, like at least less humidity. And like you said, like kind of being outside in a non-Florida landscape. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. So, I'm looking forward to going for sure. It'll probably be, you know, just a little trip week or so. Yeah. But it's always nice to see the fam. It is. Yeah, I feel like it's been a while since you've been up there. I've actually been up there more recently than you. Yeah, you have been. But if you think about it, my whole family came down here, more or less. Yeah. Like, everyone I visit was down here within the last, like, couple months, so I haven't gone up there. Which is nice because I was getting, like, a little bit burnt out on all the traveling, but I'm definitely ready mm-hmm. to visit again yeah I don't know okay I don't know if this is just me but the older I get the more traveling takes it out of me I know isn't that sad and we're, we're not even that old but like no it's just like why I used to be able to drive like from Michigan or from Florida all the way to Michigan which is like 21 hours straight and feel like okay the next day now I feel like legit hungover yeah. I feel horrible if I don't get sleep yeah, I mean, I don't know. I do. I agree. I feel like, yeah, we're not old, but I feel like certain things just start to, like, take a toll more than they used to, you know? Yeah, like drinking. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> no, I swear I have three drinks and I could be hungover. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know you can. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a lightweight. I don't drink. I'm a lightweight. Yeah, literally on my birthday. <laughs> So, okay, well, I was also hungover and traveling, which was horrible. Yeah, I felt I awful. When Lauren and my dad picked me up, I was like, nobody talked to me. I am sitting in the back seat. I just need to take a nap. Yeah, I just want to close my eyes. Yeah, and you guys were fine. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> Anyways, enough of that. And that's that. Tori's lightweight. It's okay. We're all different. Oh, um, really quick. Um, wanted to talk about our last bonus episode, my birthday bonus episode. If you haven't listened, first of all, go listen because it's pretty funny. Um, and we do our seltzer tasting, which we talk about in a previous episode, and we actually committed to doing that. But um, I definitely envision there's going to be some part two, maybe even a part three of some seltzer tastings because people have recommended different brands to try and... Um, yeah, I don't know. I think it was a little popular, so we might do another tasting, which I'm excited about. So mm-hmm. feel free to yeah. throw seltzer recommendations at us. Perfect. I was just about to say that. Took the words out of my mouth. 
yeah, it's been, that was definitely fun. Um, and it seemed like you guys liked it. So. Yeah, that was really fun. Um, another actually adult thing that I did today is I got my finances in order. And for like the first time I feel really good about my finances. Like I did all my projections and calculated my growth on all my accounts and just good. I feel good. That is very nice to have stuff like that organized. My adult thing recently is I switched my license and registration to Florida. Oh, so, that's nice. Oh, that's yeah, such a pain to do. Florida resident. I guess that's a life update. <laughs> Woo, about time. I know, right? It's been a while. <laughs> it's been I a really long time can't coming. talk. <laughs> I can't talk. I still have a Michigan license. Like, yeah, like what? <laughs> I lived here like my whole life. Yeah, it makes no sense, but that's all right. It's all good. Um. Okay, one more thing we need to address, a little bit of housekeeping before we um, jump into today's topic. So originally for this episode, we had been wanting to do a part two of why you don't need to go to college. Um, so unfortunately, um, it's just not going to work out right now. So pending, maybe in the future, we'll come back with another episode like that. But right now, um, we're just going to have our Emma Paris episode. So Go check that out. I mean, she was amazing to listen to. And um, yeah, we're just hoping to find, you know, someone else to fill the spot. But for now, that is not a series anymore. So Mm -hmm. yeah, I forgot about that. I'm glad you brought that up. But in the meantime, we will still have great content for you guys. Yeah, we have lots of ideas, lots more coming. So it is all good. Um, It just didn't play out um, in that particular instance. So yeah, which happens sometimes. So yeah, it's you guys get to see the real world side of our uh, podcast. Yeah, lots of behind the scenes happening here. <laughs> Since we're such a big production. Yeah, we're a huge production. <laughs> Two-person team. <laughs> okay. Um, okay, I feel like, did we even, did we say what our topic is? Yes, yeah, we did. I you introduced it today. Do you consider yourself a people pleaser? Because I don't necessarily think I do. Really? You don't think you are? I feel like we both are. <laughs> I don't feel like I am. I think I am, but I actually, I think I used to be. I feel like I'm a recovering people pleaser. People pleaser? Yeah. I'm I think that I can do things that people please, but I think generally, generally in a work setting, I'm pretty straightforward. And also we haven't, like, you haven't really seen me in a work setting since college. Mm-hmm. So, but I wouldn't align with the people pleaser. But to, but saying to a work setting is also pretty specific. Like, what about in other, like, what about in your friendships, in your family relationships? Like, I feel like thinking of work alone. I think in my friendships, like, I'm pretty laid back and that might be interpreted as people pleasing. I think the one area where I could be considered people pleasing is with my family. Okay. Like, in a large gathering, making sure everyone's getting along. I think that could be for sure. Yeah. I feel like I'm the unintentional people pleaser where, like, I just have a hard time saying no. Like, I say yes to too many things. And then I'm, like, Mm. overcommitted. But I won't speak up about it in any way. And I'll just, like, try to make everyone happy even though I'm stretched way too thin. That is me. (laughs) Yeah, I think a lot of areas, but I would agree. I think like, honestly, where I most consider myself a people pleaser is honestly with my family as well. Yeah. And I think like you said, 
Definitely when I was younger, I was way more of a people pleaser than I am now. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It almost feels like there's a phase of to go back to work life specifically where you almost have to be a people pleaser to like make it anywhere. Yeah. I, yeah. And I think too, on that point, like getting older, I've realized that like, just because you're, and this isn't always the case, but I used to think because you're the lowest man on the totem pole, or you've just come into a job, like you need to pay your dues. You need to be like a people pleaser. But I will say on that note, there have been some cases where in a work setting where I've actually grown more from sharing my opinion or doing something that isn't traditional at first um, and then gained a little bit more respect out of it as opposed to just pleasing. Yeah. And that's not always the case. Like it might not always work out in my favor, but I have been in situations where that is the case. Definitely. And I think as you move from entry-level positions to more intermediate positions, and that could even mean just moving from like an internship to a full-time position, whatever it may be. Um, yeah. You kind I of do feel think you're that. right though. Like internships definitely to me seem a little bit more people-pleasing. Right. Right. Yeah. So like once you definitely get to that point where like you don't have to play that role. Um, not that you ever have to play that role in any way, but um, – I don't know. It does feel like it's a little necessary at times in the workplace. Um, Yeah. I don't know. And there's also that. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I don't really have a workplace anymore. Like my job is totally different. So this like does not apply to me at all anymore. (laughs) I think though, like in a sense, it kind of does. Like you're dealing with different, I don't, would you call them clients? Yeah, I call them clients. Yeah. Okay. So you're dealing with different clients, but you were just saying like, how last month you ended up dropping a client because you couldn't align with their values or like it wasn't a good relationship for you. And like, you didn't really have faith in the company. And I think that right there, like you could have totally people please and just kept doing that job. But instead you recognize that like you guys weren't a good match and your time was better spent elsewhere. So I think that it definitely shows. Yeah, no, you're right. That actually is so true. And with that job in particular, I realized um, like I had a lot of mental back and forth with whether or not to quit for a while with that job. And then um, I kind of like wrote a pros and cons list. And I realized that like the only reason I was staying in it was because I didn't want to upset certain people on the team that I had gotten close with, basically. That's like the exact definition of people pleasing. Exactly. And then I quit. Yeah. But you see, but you didn't people please. Yeah. You're doing great. Really? See? Let me gas you up. You did Growing. great. Gross. <laughs> <laughs> Saying bye to people pleasing. No, that's awesome. Yeah. And I don't know. People pleasing is such an easy habit to slip into, especially for certain personality types. Mm-hmm. Um, like people who uh, are more passive, who want to avoid conflict. It's so much easier to people please. Yes. Um, yeah. For sure. And I think I tried to find a statistic for the association between people-pleasing syndrome and age, because I really feel like it is something that when you're less mature or confident in your abilities, you're more likely to people-please. And usually that happens at a younger age. I couldn't find one, but I did find that people-pleasing is more predominant in women. Um, Talkspace did a study or they referenced a study and it affected 54% of women um, with only 40% of men aligning with people-pleasing. Yeah, I can see that being true just for, like, societal reasons. Sure, absolutely. You know? Mm-hmm. 
I definitely agree. Um, and I think that's another thing too, why it might affect age, because when you're growing up in a certain setting and you're led to believe that like people pleasing is good and to be a little bit more complacent. Um, and then I think once you start to find your own voice and again, feel a little bit more confident in your abilities, it's less, less of something you align with. Right. Right. And I think like history will very quickly show that women were long raised to people, please, especially please men. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it makes sense that it's still affecting women that way. Yeah. It's like, it's almost like an, um, like an ingrained sense that we need to people please to some extent. Right. Like a systemic behavior for sure. Right. right. Let's just go on our systemic sexism rant. Right. <laughs> Which we totally could, but yes, we have an agenda. <laughs> yes. We're going to stay focused and not get into the fact that systemic issues are all intertwined and it's all one big issue that we need to address at once. Anyway, why do we people please? <laughs> um, so I didn't know it was actually a people pleasing syndrome. So it's okay. actually referred to as a syndrome. I didn't totally realize that either. Me either. Ron's always started doing research. Um, but all of this is coming from Talkspace, which it, they have their own um, therapy. If you haven't heard of Talkspace, it's kind of like better health in a way. Um, but they do articles as well. And this was from them. Um, So it is a behavioral pattern. It stems from a desire of approval, um, but it goes back to kind of being less authentic of yourself and kind of hiding your true feelings in hopes of kind of fitting in and connecting with people better and getting acceptance, um, which makes total sense, right? Yeah, it does. I mean, Yeah. yeah, I've actually, so I started reading this book called The Social Leap. And it's like about um, behavioral evolution. And uh, what's interesting is that like at a certain point, we started living and working in groups like way, way back before we were even homo sapiens. But like that's why we developed things like this is so that we could maintain those groups for survival reasons. So like it is inherent to like our DNA to want to fit in for like evolutionary purposes. And I feel yeah. like this, like, fits right in with that is, like, people-pleasing was, like, a, like, an evolutionary advantage if you could, mm-hmm. you know, please the group and stay in the group, you know? Yeah. It's no, just interesting to, to me to think about where these things, like, originate from and go back to. Yeah. It definitely helps with that understanding. I think that's a great point. I'm glad you brought it up. Um, I was just going to mention also to... Generally, when um, we are less authentic or we're trying to people please, um, in the long runs that ends up in the long run that ends up making it harder for us to fit in um, because a lot of times that can be viewed as disingenuine mm-hmm. or less trustworthy. Um, and so I think that hopefully at a certain point we come to realize that. But again, if it's something that's a systemic behavior or something that's been ingrained and taught to us over the years, it's really hard to break that cycle. Um, so the first step of that, obviously, is becoming a little bit more cognizant of that. Um, right. I know that you, we also have some cons to people pleasing, um, which some of these are a little self, a little evident, but um, still worth talking about. Yeah, definitely. So, um, These cons are mostly from the Greater Good magazine, um, but also, you know, own experience. And like Tori said, some of these 
are a little obvious. So um, one thing with people pleasing is that it can lead to a lack of self-care, which um, I can relate to. It's just when you're putting so much more into other things you have to do and not giving time for yourself. I mean, I think everyone's a victim to that to some extent, um, lacking self-care for the purpose of other projects or Mm -hmm. um, to fulfill other goals for other people. Yeah, Um, I definitely think that this is like where when I'm trying to like make sure everyone's coexisting in my family happily together, I think this is where I fall victim of lack of self-care. Right. Trying to make everybody else. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. Like kind of thinking about everyone else's emotions. Is everyone else okay? Is everyone else comfortable? But you're not thinking those same things for yourself. Mm -hmm. And Um, it's hard too because like you're so – like it's your family, right? You want to make sure that they're happy and see them well. And so it's hard to find that balance. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, And alongside that, um, with a lack of self-care, people pleasing can also make it harder to focus. Um, You know, and I – totally relate to this one too when you're focusing on other people it's almost like your to-do list doubles and then there's all like once again there's all these things you're not doing for yourself so you're thinking about this set of things that you need to do while you're working on this set of things that you need to do and like I don't know that's like the feeling of getting stretched too thin is when your mind is like racing back and forth between like all those different tasks and like what you've committed to um yeah absolutely Yeah, I feel like this is one of the things that I do well is, I don't want this to sound wrong, but like being selfish, but in like the best way, like not being like being selfish with like self-care. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing wrong with being selfish in the right way. It's like taking time for yourself is not selfish. Yeah. I totally agree. Um. So that's a big one, I feel, with um, people-pleasing. It can definitely lead to, like, um, that lack of self-care and, like, that emotional, like, spiraling almost, which is another form of self-care is taking care of your mind, too. Um, And then, so another con is your tend to not be making decision based on what's best for you. If you're people-pleasing, you're worrying about other people first. Um, And this leads just generally to more stress and anxiety, Yeah, so then another con, um, weakens your voice, um, and you seem less trustworthy, which, like, Tori kind of touched on earlier about being less authentic um, and, you know, viewed as less trustworthy. Ultimately, I feel that, you know, being authentic and, you know, saying no when you need to and being someone who can take initiative to not be a people pleaser in certain moments – I mean, I think that makes you a more approachable person at the end of the day. Right. Like Like I'm going to, yeah. Sorry. Just someone who can be more like well-rounded and like, I think it's really powerful to be able to like speak up for yourself and, you know, do those kinds of things that like set boundaries. Yeah, absolutely. Like who are you going to go to when you need to hear like the truth? Like you're going to go to the friend who. It's going to tell you how it is and right. what you want to hear kind of thing. Right. It's, it's like just garners more respect, I think, mm-hmm. to be yeah. that type of person. Definitely. Um, and don't get me wrong. There's definitely a way to tell the truth. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. Without being like super harsh, but still getting out there. And this is too why I think that this people pleasing is so much more associated with 
younger because like you haven't found yourself yet. Um, right. Not like fully developed as your like who you are. Who I was ten years ago is not who I am today. Um, so I think that that kind of brings it a better understanding of people pleasing as well as age, like correlated to age. Right. Um, I also feel like some when you're younger as well, or maybe even as you get older, you may not realize you're a people pleaser. So you might want to like, you know what, here, I'm going (laughs) to list some signs that you might be a people pleaser. All right, let's hear it. Apparently you think I'm a people pleaser, so maybe I'm just wrong. Okay, here we go. So (laughs) (laughs) you have a difficult time saying no. You're preoccupied with what other people might think. You feel guilty when you do tell people no. You fear that turning people down will make them think you are mean or selfish. You agree to do things that you don't like or do things you don't want to do. You struggle with feelings of low self-esteem. You want people to like you and feel that doing things for them will earn their approval. You're all you're always willing to tell you're always telling people you're sorry. You take oh, the blame even when something isn't your fault. You never have free time because you're always doing things for or with other people. You neglect your own needs in order to do things for others. You pretend to agree with people even though you feel differently. Yeah, that's a lot. I feel like I can align with some of those or like relate to some of those. But I mean, I mean, even just reading that list, it makes you feel like if you are like mentally checking off, oh, I do that. It's like, it doesn't feel good to be like, oh, I do that. Yeah. Nobody likes to admit that stuff. Right. So um, it might be hard to see that maybe you are a people pleaser. Um, And like, actually, you know, what's funny is I just saw someone post on Facebook today. um, Like, when will I ever have time for myself again? Um, And one of the things on this list here is you never have any free time because you're always doing things for other people. And, um, it kind of reminded me of this quote I heard once about time because mm-hmm. like everyone has the same 24 hours in a day and like, you know, some people are super well-rounded and can do it all in a day and other people's days look totally different from one to the other. But so you have to consider like, do you have time or does time have you? And mm-hmm. I always love that quote. Oh, it's a good one. Yeah. Because I, I do believe that like there is always time. Yeah, there's always time. Like if you say like, oh, I want to read, but I just don't have the time. There's time. Yeah, no, make I, ten minutes I to read. So agree with that. Like that kind of thing is, and the people pleasers' favorite excuse is, I don't have time. Yeah, no, I never use that excuse. It actually drives me crazy. Yeah, I like I like haven't gotten it to it yet. Is different than I don't have time. Right, right. Like I don't have time to work out. Mm, you could you probably do yeah just don't use that time to work out Mm -hmm. for sure no I am like yeah big advocate of like maximizing efficiency right and I you know I think with this topic about people pleasing and like some of the things we're hitting on here um are a lot just about fuck I just lost my train of thought um what was I gonna say I don't know it will come back it will come back you know what we didn't mention either, and this is a big one too, um, is if you live in an environment, whether it's a roommate, but also like a significant other, I feel like that's a big situation where people pleasing is common. 
Oh yeah, for sure. Especially yeah. like newly in that environment or like if you recently moved in with a significant other, like I can so see myself doing some things people pleasing in the start. Right. To try and make things like really smooth and work well. Um, so I think that's another big one that people might relate to as well. Yeah, right. And that kind of people pleasing like long term is going to lead to like unhealthy relationships because once again, you're not being authentic and you know, yeah, you're, you're not using your voice. Yes, exactly. You probably also don't have the best communication. Right. That's also true. So maybe you should have moved in together. <laughs> <laughs> Just shitting on everybody on this episode. <laughs> No, no, we're genuinely, this is supposed to make people feel better. So we'll get to some tips and advice in a minute. Yes, we do have some of that. Um, Actually, let's just jump into that right now because I've already kind of touched on the importance of setting boundaries. Setting boundaries is actually so hard to do, especially with family, I will say. Mm Mm-hmm. But boundaries are so important in your life and um, learning how to set them and how to like speak about, like tell people that you've set a boundary is one of the like greatest life skills I feel like you can have if you can do that well. I definitely agree. Like I can set boundaries with my friends. I can set boundaries for the most part with like my significant other. Where I struggle is family for sure. Right. Right. And um, I would say, like, for me in the past, work has been a place where I've struggled to set boundaries as well. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Especially. Yeah. Yes. There was a past job that, like, there were actually multiple past jobs. um, I won't say which, but a couple of places I worked when I was living in Massachusetts where there were boundaries that absolutely needed to be set. But I was in that young mindset where I felt like I wasn't in the place to say anything. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, but um, yeah, I definitely, I definitely was. Yeah, I definitely, I agree. I've been there as well. Work is, work is tough. Yeah, it can definitely be tough um, in that situation. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't know. I especially like- too, like with us being like younger professionals and women in a lot of these industries, like it's already kind of somewhat at a disadvantage. You know. Mm-hmm. And yes, exactly. Yeah. And then so like on top of that, like I do, you do get into the trend of like overthinking things or what's going to happen if I do say this, that kind of thought process. So like I, I do understand that for sure. Right. And it's not an easy thing. Like I will absolutely acknowledge that. Yeah. Like I said, I, I really think setting boundaries is a skill. Um, yeah. And, and it's, it's nice that's to, always easy. Yes. And it's nice to, to set boundaries. Like internally like with yourself as well as with co-workers and your boss and whoever like okay this oh, yeah. is where yeah and I think like a lot of times we forget how much control we have like over ourselves um but like these are the things that like I'm hoping to get out of the job this is like what direction I want to go this is what I will say yes to this is what I don't get paid to do and I won't do right. like I think outlining that is really important too yeah. my very first job out of college I was Going, I was doing an hour commute each each way and then working an eight-hour day and then still doing work at home that, like, I was not getting paid for, just, like, looking things up and researching. And then, like, on top of it, like, trying to raise a puppy. <laughs> um, but, like, 
I did not, I was not getting paid to do that work. Right. Like, yes, it was my first job. And like, I really just wanted to set myself up for success, which it ultimately mm-hmm. like, didn't lead me. But at the same time, it's like, where did that boundary lie? Like, I never set it. Right. Yep. I know exactly what you mean. I couldn't. Yeah. I have a lot of similar situations like that. Um, just doing work that I really wasn't being paid for. And yeah. Laundry. And that was like, so something that was in my control. Like I didn't yeah. have to talk to anybody else to decide that. Like that was something I internally could have set. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I, you know what? I think sometimes, um, with this particular piece of advice and the next one, which is learning to say no, um, you kind of learn that you work it up in your head more than actually doing it. Like you work it up to be harder in your head more than actually doing it will be. Like oh, I for sure. This is probably one of the biggest. Go ahead. Um, I remember when I worked at this restaurant and I was also getting my master's and also interning. Um, you know, it, I was stretched too thin, classic example. Um, and I wanted to set this boundary with the restaurant I worked at and like cut back my hours. But for some reason, I was so worried. Like, I don't even know why I was like, they're not going to like me as much. Like, I'm not going to be treated as well. Like, people are going to be upset that I cut back my hours. Like, I had written all these stories in my head. And then I was like, finally got up the nerve and I was like, all right, like, John, I need to only work two days a week now and he was like okay cool mm-hmm. and yeah. I was like oh wow okay <laughs> that was not hard at all yeah it's so easy to do like you can yeah you can wonder what if and all this stuff in your head it's so easy to build up um I do think that this is probably the most important piece of advice like right. I can relate to this one so hard learning to say no it's not easy to do uh, but I will say I have seen so many people struggle with this and I used to and I probably am still working on this um but like being upfront to your boss or your higher-ups or whoever like right off the bat like in the past if I had like a trip like a family vacation already planned before I got the job like I wouldn't disclose it or if I had some conflict or something or if I had a concern I would never like disclose that stuff up front and I would dread having to tell like my boss or whoever um, that I like needed time off or that I needed help with this or something, just whatever the case. Um, but being open up front is like the best thing that you can do because mm-hmm. everybody understands that like we all have lives, we all have things going on, like we all have conflicts. And most of the time, people are so willing to work around that if they want you for the job they're willing to work around any of it. Yeah. And yeah, it's just so much better to be upfront. I would a hundred percent agree in my experience as well. With yeah. What mm-hmm. um, or even like, even getting a position that getting offered a job and it's not my dream job. There's certain things I love about it. Certain things I don't like telling people like, okay, this is what I'm really passionate, passionate in. And then seeing if they can kind of work with me to incorporate that more in the role. Like it's something that I've had to learn in the past. I would just say yes and then hate that part of the job um, or know that like that's not my strong suit. But my strong suit lies here and kind of working with that person. Like anything being upfront, like I feel like is so helpful and it's so easy to just like accept things as they currently are for lack of like inconveniencing anyone. Um, But ultimately, in the end, it doesn't only better you, but it also betters your work relationship 
mm-hmm. and what you bring to the table because like you're going to be thriving doing what you do best. Right. Exactly. That's such a great point and put so well. Um, the only thing I'll kind of add to learning to say no is that like maybe is an option. Like I need to think about it is an option. Like if you're in a, in a work situation and you're asked to do something and you really don't know, the answer isn't yes. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's another skill to learn that like you can say maybe or like I need to think about it. Let me see what my schedule looks like and let you know if this is realistic. Like you know, there's yeah. the middle ground too. It doesn't have to like never feel like you have to make a decision in an instant. Yeah, that's great advice. That's so good. That's definitely something that like I have also started to realize more. Like it's so easy to feel pressured to take it because like you think it's a good opportunity or it's gonna be fleeting. But, like the reality is it's it's there. Like you don't nobody's pressuring you, like you'll be okay if they really want you but wait, like you can say maybe like you said, I think that's such great advice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so then our last little tip, um, which is, you know, <laughs> this one's a little harder, you know, but um, maybe reflecting and unpacking personal reasons behind your people pleasing. Um, you know, I mean, and I think that goes down to identifying what areas of life you're doing it in, whether that be work or relationships friendships family whatever it may be um and just kind of we just did on this episode together (laughs) yeah yeah exactly so just like you would have to kind of identify what area you're people pleasing and you know consider what might be behind that um if you are in therapy or if you talk to a life coach or anything like that that would be a great place to maybe start to unpack some of that as well um and as Tori mentioned earlier one of our some of our information today came from Talkspace that is a therapy app just so you all know um Talkspace and BetterHelp both offer online therapy and zencare.co is also a great resource for um finding therapists as well if you find that you know, maybe this is an issue you're struggling with more deeply, or if in general, um, you find the need to talk to someone, just throwing out those resources for you all. Yeah, that's great. Thanks, Hannah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you have anything else to say on that last little piece of advice? Um, I, I feel like, again, we could always go on, go on and on on these topics. Um, my last thing is just that, like, sometimes you just have to put yourself forward or first, you Mm -hmm. know, like you are your biggest advocate. No one else is going to put you in front or like advocate for you as much as you You. will. Yep. Absolutely. Yes. Love that. Mm, I'm feeling inspired. I feel like we just said some good words. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And then we're going to like re-listen to this and be like, wow, that was crap. Like, oh man, that sounded terrible. (laughs) Right. Like we think we're so smart and really we were just like, um, 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 We have so much life experience. <laughs> oh, so funny. <laughs> um, yeah. All right, guys. Um, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Um, in other news, uh, our next episode after this one will be our one-year anniversary episode already, right? So, right? yeah, you're right. So exciting, though. It, it is so crazy. Yeah. It doesn't feel like a year, but at the same time, it does feel like a year. Like, I feel like we've been doing the podcast our whole lives. Right? Uh, But also, yeah, it's 
fun stuff, fun stuff. Um, so we're going to be putting together a fun episode for our one-year anniversary of Wait Why. So keep your eyes out for that mm-hmm. coming in August. Some funny stuff. <laughs> yes, it'll be interesting. I can't wait. Yes, I am so excited. Do we even know how many episodes we've recorded? Like we've recorded in total? Uh, I think no. Well, I don't know. I've been kind of keeping. I track. think no. <laughs> um, okay, because I was gonna say yes because I've been keeping track like on my blog. Because um, I post all our episodes there, so I think we've done like twenty four or twenty five regular episodes, but I don't know how many more bonus episodes. Mm, okay, we've done. Gotcha. So that's why I said I think. I don't know. (laughs) We'll get back. We'll get back to you guys on that one. Yeah. So, yeah. So keep uh, your eyes peeled. Stay tuned. Follow us on Instagram at waitwhypodcast or email us at waitwhypodcast at gmail.com. Yeah. We're excited for things coming and Mm -hmm. happy you've been listening. Yes. And as always, thank you guys for tuning in and participating in polls and giving us feedback we so so appreciate it yes always remember to rate subscribe and review and we'll see you next time yep bye Bye.